Grant, and you're listening to Film Wax Radio. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It is Friday, September 25th, 2020, and this is episode 636 of the podcast. And uh, I just got over another birthday, so thanks for those who wrote me nice notes and messages and calls. And it's really, uh, especially in the time of uh, quarantine. If you want to call it that, I guess it is. I mean, I'm alone, but it was really lovely and made the day pretty special. So thank you to those folks. I wanted to, I'm upstate, as, as you know, I guess, and then I've been watching films from the New York Film Festival, as well as for the Woodstock Film Festival. You know, these are two of the festivals that I go to every year when I can. And um, now they're both virtual so I'm able to see more films than ever, and it's been, it's been kind of nice being able to do that for a change, because when they show them in New York, you have to show up in person, and yeah, who, I mean, at least for the New York Film Festival, and it's like, who can do that for hours every day? I, I, I end up seeing only a fraction of the films for most festivals, but now that they're offering them online, I can, I can see more, which is, you know... I think right now, especially, kind of a treat because I'm, I'm inside more than I usually would be. Right, I normally might be running around, and, but I primarily still, mostly just go out to achieve errands. I don't know. I guess sometimes I do go out socially. So there will be stuff from coming up. Is the point is from the New York Film Festival, and maybe even more pertinent to this episode from the Woodstock Film Festival. Uh, we have Frank Mosley on this episode, uh, who is making his, I think, second or third appearance on the podcast. Frank is an actor and a filmmaker, and um, he is in a film that we had the directors on for the film called Freeland, and it stars Cresha Fairchild, who is a friend and who will be on an upcoming episode. We recorded it some time ago, and I'm preparing it for a, 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 an update, uh, an upcoming podcast. Um, and as you know... We're also putting these on YouTube now because I'm doing them on Zoom and able to video record them, most of these. Mayor Blaustein is the executive director of the Woodstock Film Festival, and that is coming up uh, in a couple of days, and you uh, can enjoy it uh, virtually. Uh, if you live in the Hudson Valley, you can even go to some of the drive-ins where they're doing some of the festivals. So we'll have Mayor on. But I was going to say as you can also watch that segment on uh, the Filmmax Radio YouTube channel where every so often I'm adding more and more content. So there's more video content on the, you know, and it's kind of, I think, fun to watch. So feel free to do that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, in the coming days and weeks, we'll be adding more and more. So you not only have the audio podcast, uh, but you do have the YouTube channel. We have Mayor Blaustein, the executive director of the Woodstock Film Festival. She's going to talk about the festival this year. And then we have on the second segment, Frank, who will talk about... Uh, Primarily Freeland and other things that are going on in his life, but he's also in another film that's at the Woodstock Film Festival called Dear Mr. Brody, and um, I haven't seen that one. I'm 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 going to, 
shortly, but I, I have not seen it. But then we'll hopefully bring on Keith Maitland, who is the director of Dear Mr. Brody. Uh, okay, so Frank is in that, and again, he's in Freeland with Cresha Frerchild, who is going to be on the podcast. We had the directors of Freeland on a couple of, few weeks back. So we're going to focus on that and what's going on with Frank. That's what this episode is. So first, we're going to go to Mayura, who uh, will talk about the uh, Woodstock Film Festival right now. And uh, we set up the Zoom. Again, there's kind of two parts to the Woodstock Film Festival, which takes place September 30th through October 4th. And it, it, the two parts are the virtual part. You can buy tickets to online screenings to uh, various American indies or... They have uh, several evenings of, I think every night they have one, at least one drive-in going on. And I'm going to attend one of those. I think on the uh, October 2nd, I may be wrong, but I'm going to go to one of the drive-ins and check that out. So you can do that, which is like uh, almost almost as close as you can get to a, a, a conventional film festival experience in this time. Right? So uh, I'm glad that film festivals are continuing figuring it out and that will hopefully in the coming year or so get back to some semblance of what a film festival looks like or at least arrive at what a film festival is going to look like for the foreseeable future and i'm hoping that's more than just online screeners for people this is um mayor blaustein i think this is her third appearance on the podcast uh let's go to that Here's Mayor Blaustein on FilmWax Radio. Devastated by RBG. I mean, yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, you know, I stay. I sit there and I look at this, and try to absorb it. And it's just, it, it's like how much more can be piled on, you know. Yeah, it's like the nail, the nail in the coffin. I mean, I mean, really, that was literally. that was a very low. For yeah. everybody, for all of us. So it's it's on 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 Rosh Hashanah. All, oh all yeah, all. right. On top of it. Happy New Year, by the way. Ah, to you too. It's Thank a, you. It's, it's good to see you. Though. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it, no, it's it's a, it definitely was a. I'm sure for you too. A terrible blow. 
Oh, yeah. And then it's just so, it's almost even more torturous because, and in no way to minimize uh, or take away the attention from the fact that a human being is such, yeah. such uh, amazing um, personality and, 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 and accomplishments passed away. But it's on another level, it's also she died at the, it's like, so in, a, in this period of time, which you just pray that it's not enough time for these uh, you know, horrible Republicans to. <laughs> and you know that they are not that they're chomping at the bits. I mean, yeah, they're already. They're celebrating. Okay. Yes. They're celebrating. Exactly. It yeah. is so intolerable. It's really, really hard to even think about. <clears throat> anyway. I just really, really, really hope that everybody will do their oh, part right. phone bank and and you know do everything that they can to participate in this process and and help as much as possible because yeah know, so if you're listening our, our world and life depend depend upon it so. uh, to anyway, uh okay to ruth bader ginsburg yes oh god yeah but well, I welcome you back to the podcast. Hello, hello. You're, you know, you were like a, on a several, to- well, at least twice before, if memory serves. And it's been a couple of years, and, uh, and that, but I've been coming. It's just that you, you know, I, I, I've been unfortunately, or rather, I was not fortunately getting you on the podcast in the last couple of years. So I'm glad to bring you back. Yeah. I'm glad to be back, even though we're doing it via Zoom like that. Still, it's it's a pleasure. Even though we're actually only a short distance, not that far. Exactly. In the normal times, we'd definitely be doing this in person this year. Um, but tell me when, um, how far, I seem to recall a photo of you standing in front of a drive-in very early on. And I was thinking, yeah. wow, it's May or something, you know. And I know you prepare for the festivals. It's a year-round, and you know, job. And and uh, to do a festival uh, in September means you're probably starting in like right after the New Year, <laughs> if not sooner. In it, some it, never, way, it never stops. It's it like, never stops on some level, right? But I'm thinking, wow, how does surely by September, October, we'll be back in theaters? <laughs> oh, I thought, no, no, but I thought like. Certainly, by the time Woodstock Film Festival comes up, you, you will will be back to normal. But you uh, were on the ball early. Maybe you recognize that is probably. Not- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let me just tell you a secret. First of all, I have never been to a drive-in before, so because um, <laughs> I didn't grow up in this country, so drive-ins were not part of my culture at all. And um, and watching a movie from a car was not my idea of fun. Um, but uh, that has changed. So when the pandemic started, and I mean, you know, there was so much learning and so much figuring different things out. And first, of course, you just went into the virtual world and learning how to do that and what that can be like. And also, can you monetize that? Um, because so much, remember in the beginning, so much was available online for free. And we were creating all these free programs online too. Like, um, you know, we were doing all these panels every day, every week and streaming movies. Um, 
but pretty soon it dawned on us that we also have to figure out some sort of um, live on-site event and a friend actually a mutual friend i think you know larry fessenden uh the filmmaker uh from glass eye peaks you know the the horror indie legend um he the, told um, me, seven six or seven times on this podcast so you know yeah larry's awesome we're showing three, three of his movies so over a glass of wine early early in uh, the pandemic uh sitting outside freezing he told me how much he loves this drive-in that is in the Hudson Valley, Greenville. I never heard of it. So we reached out to the owner of the, of the Greenville drive-in and took a ride. That was my, the first time I ever saw a drive-in. And standing there, looking at the mountains surrounding it, it's very beautiful. Uh, it's really country, it's set in the country. Um, I knew that we're going to use it. So I, I took this little photo as a tease without saying anything like, what do you think? Um, but um, yeah, that, that was the beginning of the journey of um, how to do the festival also in a physical way, live on site. How early on did you decide uh, that you were gonna have to come up with a contingency plan that 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 the pandemic was definitely going to impact this year's festival, and how, did, how how quickly did you just sort of accept and embrace this um, new plan? Right. Uh, well, I think um, right from the get go, as soon as we closed the festival, uh, the office back in March 13th, I knew that we would have to figure how to do things in a way that we never done before. However, there was pressure on me to cancel the festival in the beginning altogether. Who, who you know, not to cancel the festival. Who, who, yeah, who, who, you were getting pressured or? I was, I, mean, I was pressured. I'm not going to say by, by, no. by who, but there was some pressure to um, cancel the festival. And for me, that felt like, a, I mean, I was punched in the gut. Like I could not do that. So, I had to figure out how to do this safely and well. And um, really throughout the first months of the pandemic, uh, while learning how to do all those programming also online and keeping my small, very core uh, team together and engaged and working and paying everybody, you know. Um, so I, we, we, it was a, there was a lot of learning to do and just threw ourselves into, into this whole arena of trying to figure out how to do things differently. Um, I mean, I feel two things now. I feel like we, we, we are about to present two festivals in one, one online and one uh, in, in drive-ins and they're very different. What's showing at the drive-in is not showing online, and what's showing online is not showing at the drive-in. So, oh. literally, two, two festivals for the price of one, no, for for the price of my, you know, my, um, the labor of one, um, and um, what, was, what was I saying? Oh, so we were learn. I, I don't remember what I was, I was saying now, but uh, we were learning. Oh, you were on a learning curve. Learning curve. I mean, yes, it was. Uh, I feel like. Now that we are almost here, I feel like we have learned so much. Okay. And 
my hope is twofold. My hope is that it's going to be a fantastic festival and everybody's going to love it. Uh, and that afterwards we have learned from the experience and can also do some things that we have never done before. Um, during the last few months, I felt like, my God, this is, it feels like the first festival. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, this is going to be a miracle if the whole thing comes together. And I can't breathe because I'm so anxious. And so, it, so it's, it's been a, a scary process. But now that we're almost here and, you know, the program is all together and we're just doing all the last million and a half details thing that we have to do, all the logistic stuff, I know it's going to all come together and uh, I hope that afterwards we'll, uh, it will only enhance what we've done before. Yeah. How much were you able to, if at all, lean on the film festival community, other, exec, other directors, other festival directors uh, or, or connections that you have, who had a little bit of a head start and were doing much more trial and error. The only advantage you had is the Woodstock Film Festival is a little later in the year. Yes, I mean, uh, well, in the beginning, I, you know, the, the Art House Convergence is such an incredible community and I belong to that. And I've also, so I've also spoken, and, and there are all these, I have to credit, there's that, a company called Together Film that had been presenting a lot of really valuable webinars throughout the whole um, pandemic process. And I have logged on to a lot of those webinars and I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And also it connected me with some um, festivals, um, directors who have already gone through the process, who have put their film festival online in the beginning of the pandemic. And I learned a lot from their trials and errors and successes. So, and I've spoken to also to some festivals who are after me, like, like Eugene Hernandez from the New York Film Festival um, and uh, the Hamptons. So there was, um, I mean, there was one, you know, there are always some, some good things that come out of bed and the camaraderie that has been formed between festivals that normally are competitive with each other uh, was really wonderful. And I, again, have to credit the Art House Convergence because that's an amazing organization of um, art houses from around the country and the world. And what an incredible community and so supportive of each other and just really helping with information and, uh, and sharing up. Um, it was really great to experience that camaraderie during the past few months and, re and reassuring that the spirit, you know, the human spirit is uh, really resilient and, and positive. So. Anyway. Well, I bet. Um, uh, I mean, going through any really difficult or challenging time has made only, you know, much more um, manageable when you're not alone. <laughs> yes. when, you, when you can lean on each other uh, and whatever that looks like. So, Absolutely. Yeah. so how, okay, so you say there's kind of two festivals in one this year, the Woodstock Film Festival, begins September 30th, is that the right? Yes. Beginning date? Okay. Yes. September 30th, October 4th, I was uh, tempted to add days, but um, we decided against it, um, you know, because we're showing only two, two films a night at the drive-ins. 
Um, but ultimately, the number of films we're showing is uh, not that far from normal years, amazing as it is. Uh, we're just showing everything just once. We're not, nothing is getting second screenings, wow. um, which we, normally we do. Is it just, what? I'm sorry, is, yeah, right. Normally for those listening who may not, or watching, who may not um, know the film, Woodstock Film Festival is region, a regional festival in of itself. It takes place uh, uh, throughout the Hudson Valley, often in like five different towns. Yes. Uh, so um, might, yeah, we have, have about eight, like eight different screens normally, eight to nine different screens, and uh, um, every film gets at least two screenings at the festival. This year, every film gets one screening. That's it. Um, so, if there is a film you're particularly interested in, don't hesitate any longer. Go get that ticket. Uh, oh, absolutely. Is Greenville the only drive-in, or, or is, there, is there another drive-in, too? The, the, we're doing three different drive-ins. Wow. Uh, so, Greenville in uh, Greenville, New York, which is in Green County. Um, and uh, normally, it has 275 cars. Because of COVID, it's 175. 38 cars. Um, and then we have Overlook in Poughkeepsie, which is not that far from where you are now, uh, Adam. And that is the biggest screen in a tri-state area. And normally it has 750 cars. Wow. Uh, COVID, uh, in, during COVID, it's 500 cars, which is plenty of cars. Wow, I, was say, <laughs> I think we're okay with uh, 500 cars. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And, uh, I have a problem with that. Um, it's it's gigantic, it's ridiculous, and um, and then Woodstock we're putting up a, a, a pop up drive in at uh, Andy Lee Field in Woodstock, which is the rec field, um, and uh, there'll be food trucks in Woodstock, and it's going to be kind of an event, and who that's the smallest up? venue. Who sets it's, up the screen for you? With the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mary. Sorry about that. Who who sets up the screen in the in the pop up? In a in a, in a pop up, um, there's a local vendor who does uh, huge events in Vegas and all and all over the country. And I just happened to, I mean, I w I did a lot of shopping together with that technical director, so who knows a lot of vendors. Um, and again, we participated in in webinars to learn about how you know you know all the different options and the, and the pros and cons of everything. Um, it's tricky to do to put up a, a pop-up uh, drive-in. So, but we ended up um, deciding on on that on this particular vendor, and uh, um, I think it's going to be great. I'm very excited that it's going to be right in the town of Woodstock. Uh, I mean, like right there in the center. And like I said, it's a big field, so it feels like a little bit like a Woodstock concert. And there's going to be uh, food trucks and um, like two to three food, different food trucks. It's going to be like a whole safe party gotcha. with good movies. And two movies a night, every night. Every night is a double feature. Oh, right. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, I, I, uh, I have my eye on the, uh, the evening of uh, where uh, Josh Leonard's film. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is... Uh, Fully hu Realized Humans is the title. Yes, it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome film. And Josh, uh, Josh right now is, uh, you know, he's a part-time neighbor of yours. Yes. 
Um, and uh, that night is going to feature him twice. Uh, it's going to be fully realized humans, which he uh, directed, um, I think co-directed and um, starring in. And it's a, well, you, I think you're going to talk to Josh um, after, but uh, it's, it's a great, great movie. And it, they shot it for one week. And That's amazing. Um, low budget. It's so funny and smart. Really? And, and moving really, that final really scene fun. with the parents, I was, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm predisposed because I've lost a parent recently, but I was like, that final scene or, or penultimate scene where they're all, they bring they confront their parents. Yeah. The I mean, actually went pretty deep, I thought, for a comedy. Yeah. Dramatically speaking, you know. I, I absolutely think so, yeah. So that's gonna be fun. Uh, it's gonna be in Greenville. And by the way, Greenville will also have a food truck, so and a delicious one. I know it. They have the Good. best lobster rolls. So fantastic. I'll, I'll be have there. Have you din have your dinner there too? And um I mean, that is really a good dinner in a movie. And um, following uh, Fully Realized Humans, we're showing Peter Feast, uh, Glass Eye Picks, and Josh Leonard is in that film. So yeah. I thought... That's right. <laughs> You'll uh, get Josh twice. You are celebrating 35 years? Oh, my God, no. Are you kidding me? No, no. 21. No, no. no. Oh, 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 Larry. Larry. Oh, yes, yes, Glass yes. I I mean, I thought, 35 yeah. years? Where did, my, where did 14 years go? Um, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be here in 14 years having this conversation. Now we can, I could just edit. You will be here. I'll, you edit, will this be here. I'll, I'll edit this part of it and I'll put it in in 14 years when we do this again. I'll, uh, okay. Yeah, no, you're celebrating. And I, and I haven't aged a, a bit in 14 years. I still look the same. Amazing. <laughs> I discovered the fountain of youth. Um, yes, we're celebrating uh, uh, Glass Eye Picks um, 35th anniversary. So. That's amazing. And, too. And picks. Right, and Larry too. You mentioned we Larry. We mentioned Larry Fessenden, the producer and director and actor and uh, multi hyphenate. But he's yeah. uh, he he's a local. He also spends uh, for for many many years most a lot of time up in uh, in in the Hudson Valley, uh, yeah. uh, and is a regular at Woodstock. He's premiered films at Woodstock, oh, yeah. so he has a long relationship with this festival. Oh yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the films that we're showing, Wendigo, which he shot in the Hudson Valley, I think in 2000, um, we showed in 2001, I believe, and it won, or maybe it was 2000. Good, I don't remember anymore. But, um, and it won uh, Best Feature that year, so. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a great film. I mean, the, the, you know, his horror films are all, all have um, social political commentary on, um, on society. So that also, they, they have a lot of substance behind them. And, and you're showing three of those films? Yeah, I'm okay, showing Wendigo, Wendigo, Wendigo and Stakeland, yes. Right, Stakeland, uh, which is Jim Nichols, Jim Nichols' film. Yes. Is Jim also a local? I forget. Jim is local, but he's hardly ever here now. I think he's not right now in New Zealand um, shooting his next film, but he's local, yeah. Okay, yeah, it seems like another friend is, um, and I forget the t film she's in at the moment, so you're, hopefully you'll help me out. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Lily Taylor, who yes. uh, lives part of the time in um, Tivoli, actually. Well, I, I don't know if I should be saying that now that I think that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Tivoli is big. At 42-13... Broadway. <laughs> and her telephone number is. Yeah. Um, 
It's read it's on the ticker at the bottom of the screen. Um, <laughs> uh, Paper Spiders is the name of the movie that Lily Taylor. That. Is yeah, I, I would like to get Lily on again. She did my show once before, and um, her husband's a pal. So, uh, but I would I would love to love to see uh, love to see that one. So I've got quite a few. As I do every year, I go to the festival. It's a beautiful film. Um, I don't know if you know what it's about. It's about it's a mother and daughter relationship, and uh, it's a lot about mental um, mental health and um, deterioration of um, the Lily Taylor's character. Oh wow! Mentally, and and uh, the daughter who's just about to leave home and go to college, and it's all. I mean, it's very funny, but it, I mean, because Lily Taylor's character is just hilarious. But it's also completely heartbreaking uh, how badly um, her character deteriorates sure. mentally, well, like and the daughter struggles with that and how to deal with that, and can she start her independent life or not? And it's it's and it's really so, um, and it's based also on the filmmakers um, on life and and life experience. So it res it really does resonate. Um, and ring truth uh, because it is very authentic. Well, yeah, well, I'm thrilled. I mean, it sounds like a real great opportunity vehicle for Lily Taylor's talent. Yeah, it is. She's wonderful in it. And she always is, you know, she, she's a very deep a a actor, I think. Yeah, um, any, or, I mean, I, I always hate asking when, I, when we sit down for these things about which films, because then you, you have to handpick films and ignore others. Uh, so, I've, but we should mention at least that ones you 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 chose as opening night. Is there still an emphasis on opening night and closing night? Is that? Uh... Uh, it's not. It's not the normal hoopla thing. Right. Uh, but uh, and we haven't announced yet the closing night, but we will announce it Monday. And I assume that this is going to. Um, we can hold this off. When is the best time to post this? I don't know, but uh, Monday we're announcing the closing night film, and um, so it's going to be um, on Nomadland with uh, Frances McDormand, and I'm really thrilled about that. And that's going to be the Overlook Drive-In. And the opening is The Father with Anthony Hopkins, and um, that's again also at um, Overlook. So uh, I, I think they're, they're bookending the festival really well, but um, you know, every film is a good film at the festival. I love the all, they're all kind of like my babies. Yeah. Um, so I hope that people, I always tell people to try and be adventurous when, when they experience a film festival and check out what they know, but also really give a chance of, also to what they don't know and discover what may very well be the slippers of the festival and um, talented, the works of very talented uh, up and coming filmmakers. So, and, and also because this is really two festivals in one, I yeah. hope very much that people will sample both the, the online programming and the drive-ins. And don't forget, we have some really great panels uh, online. Yeah. So I hope people will also Tell, well, so let's tell people like how to find everything. So you can you get you uh, can you get a ticket a festival pass? Can you get a like a buy a the festival and just be able to see anything you want? I mean the one thing about I mean the drive-ins obviously you have 
capacity issues. Uh, but online, do you have capacity issues? Uh, well, first of all, you can get passes for online. You cannot get passes for the drive-in because we, especially because of COVID, we yeah, really do have to monitor. Number of people coming. Right? Yeah. But uh, online, you can get um, the three different passes. There's a pass just for films, a pass just for panels, and a pass for the overall program. They're all very inexpensive. And, or, um, or a la carte. A la carte, you can, you can, you know, you can buy, you can purchase a ticket for any given film. Uh, at the drive-ins, it's for the evening. It's not for a specific film. You, you buy it for the evening. And uh, at uh, on online, yeah, you can purchase a panel. You can purchase programs of sorts. You can, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. I think that getting a pass and just being able to watch whatever, whenever, is kind of a luxury that you know could be could be a lot of fun. There are, I think, about eleven sorts programs online. It's, you know, a, it's a lot. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. It's a lot. We're giving a lot of, we should mention, I mean, often shorts, right, are new, not always, not by any stretch, is it always the case, but it, often shorts are made by young filmmakers, meaning this is an early, maybe their first, second, third effort, they're learning. They're, so it's, an it's a great opportunity for somebody who made a short to um, get their film in a, such a festival like Woodstock, which has such a, a wonderful reputation. And uh, so you're giving a real opportunity. And then you're also creating, inviting new generation of filmmakers into the community. Um, and often you'll have them back when they have their feature, for instance, possibly, right? Hap happens often, yes. And uh, I mean, we do love to sort of nurture the filmmakers and uh, have them grow with us and become a part of the festival community. Um, so yeah, every year we saw about 70 shorts or so, and we stay in touch with the filmmakers and as their career, careers grows and, and, uh, flourishes, um, we, you know, we kind of like stay with them and vice versa. So when we can show their, um, then their follow-up work and their features, um, that's always a treat to do. And I think that, um, some, it, I mean, we're showing this film, um, American Thief, at the drive-in actually, and um, uh, by Miguel Silveria, and um, the and, and he's an alum who had a doc and a short at the festival. So, um, I mean, that's just one example. There's a number of filmmakers like that who are returning with their um, follow-up work, which often they started with shorts and moved on from that. Um, let's, we can wind it down, but did you mention before that Woodstock just, this is turning 21? 21, yes. So it's now legally, it can legally drink the festival. Exactly. There should be a party. It looks like, it looks like I have coffee here, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think this is? Water? <laughs> exactly. How are we getting through this? Well, you know, you talked, there's two films in the film that you just touched on, one with Lily Taylor, one with Anthony Hopkins, both deal with mental, uh, yes. mental illness or uh, neurological, you know, but I mean, right. it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm just trying to draw a connection to, it's so important to, uh, that a festival like this comes to this area, really take advantage of it, because it'll get you out, it'll get you 
uh, engaged, um, um, and it's difficult been difficult being so isolated. Um, but the arts are a way of of connecting, you know, and of and of of, of creating a sense of community. Uh, so it's important, you know, and they're also inspiring and exciting and funny films, and you know, they're it's just. A lot of it's a very rewarding experience to engage in a film festival is what I'm trying to say. And it and it really does also open up your mind and really you know it can also takes you into all sort of different worlds. It can educate you, but it can also just uh, you you it's it's the process of discovery thing also when you go to a quality film festival. Uh, there are films from all over the world and about all kind of subjects and in done in all kinds of genres and ways and it's just really in a mind opener and hopefully also opens up uh, your heart to to various whether it's indigenous communities or just different different peoples different i mean humanity is a very large fabric and i think that the film festival has um can really demonstrate a very complex and layered fabric uh, that uh, is really, and especially today when we have been so separated from each other and so many right. of us requested to open, to, to open us up into the world like that, it I think is a real treat. So I hope uh, people will take advantage of it. Good point. Woodstock Film Festival, September 30th to October 4th. Um, I'll see you at the drive-in. Um, yes. <laughs> which has been about 40 years since I've been to one. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I've been hearing you on Radio Woodstock, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the ad. I, I think I recorded an ad that they're playing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was remarking when I was driving up with my son yesterday, we, we, I put on the Radio Woodstock on the, and we heard you. I said, that's Mayor. She's doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so nice to see you, and I'll, I will run into you, I'm sure, at one of the drive-ins. Yes, yes, definitely. I'll see. I'll definitely see you at Greenville on Friday. Um, yes. So I'll be there and 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 do the Q and A's. We we're doing Q and A's, you know, uh, for the films with the filmmakers. Yeah, so. well, that's amazing. But uh, yeah, Leonard, Josh, you know, he said he's going to be at that evening, so I assume so. Yes, we're yeah. de definitely going to have a conversation with him, okay. yeah, and we'll see how we do it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, have a good day. You. Okay. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, Frank Mosley is um, an actor and a filmmaker. We've had him on a couple of times on the show. Always glad to bring him on. He's a sweetheart. Let's see, what has he been in? Holy Moses, this guy loves acting. And he's also a kindred spirit in the sense he really loves independent film. I mean, you know, that's where his sweet spot is. He loves it. I'm sure if somebody offered him a role as the Riddler or as Lex Luthor, maybe he would consider taking it. But the point is... This is what he's great at, dramatic 
films. He's been in countless short films. He's done a lot of episodics, too. He has been in many, many, many independent films, and he enjoys it, and he's a big, big champion of independent films. So I'm, I'm really always happy to have him back on the show. He has directed a number of shorts and one or two features himself. So this is a guy who is um, an embodiment of the creative spirit. Here he is, uh, one of the actors of uh, Dear Mr. Brody, Keith Maitland's film, as well as Freeland, directed by recent Filmwax guests, Mario Forloni and Kate McLean. Here is uh, Frank Mosley back only on Film Wax Radio. <laughs> see your face man well at least that makes one of us i mean my face but um yeah no i'm like i've been on this couch for like three months it feels like i know man i've, I've like gotten seriously hasty and pudgy and it's really no man it's it, it's quite you should have seen me a month ago the, the march and april actually i'd say so april and may i just my beard was back to like old Frank from when we met and my hair was really long and I was like, I can't, where'd you get a cut? I can't do it. And so I got rid of it just recently and been trying to get a haircut and I feel so much better. It's amazing how just doing that changes everything while in hibernation. Did you get one or did you do it yourself? Joss, Jocelyn cut my hair, my girlfriend. Oh, very good. Is she, and, and she was a licensed barber in New York when she lived there. So she oh. cut hair. So I was really grateful to her. So she yeah. saved my life, cut my hair. Yeah. So, and I shaved my beard. It was great. Cause it was, All right. I was, well, yeah. I mean, obviously I've not, haven't done it, but uh, I don't care. You know, just give me that. So, you look good. No, no, I know. I'm moving. I'm moving in um, this month. Really? Yeah. I'm leaving New York city. Where are you going? I'm going upstate. Are you? Yeah, I'm gonna go upstate. Uh, just like uh, an hour and a half away. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I've had it. I just need a break. I know what you're saying, Mr. New York, but uh, no, no. But I mean, I, I get it, man. I mean, you need to be where you need to be comfortable. So wherever that's at. No, and that is, I'm this place is. I'm going up there actually tomorrow to look at the place again because I was supposed to go up this week but you know now there's a curfew I know 
I know. Uh, I know, man. There's a lot going on. I, but I, I'm happy for you. I mean, I know a lot of friends, actually a lot of New York friends over the last couple years who have just been like, can't do it. I got to move upstate. They're moving upstate. And then they're like, you know, it's a train ride away if I want to go in for the weekend or whatever, you know. Yeah, right. And also it's just like, you know, the, the rents and everything. It's just much cheaper up there and a prettier and you know uh now i'm doing like it looks like almost everything online anyway so right that's true so i spoke to uh Krisha. that was very nice good she's uh show you the, she's incredible she's an incredible person i know i know her very well yeah she's you know i i've been wanting to uh i've been wanting to work with her since i saw Krisha. And it blew me away, her performance in that film. Um, and Lily Gladstone. I mean, ever, you know, I saw certain women and I wanted to work with both of them. So it was kind of a pretty gift, you know, yeah, to be able to, to be a part of that. And, and I didn't even know Lily was going to be involved till I was, I think Cresha was the only one really attached. And then uh, I think a few other roles that were some of the local actors that I got involved and then Lily was brought in after me. So it just, it was exciting. I was like, oh, wow, we even get Lily Gladstone. It was like a really special time. Yeah, no, and it was a terrific. You guys all had a great chemistry together, I have to tell you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I just want to show you something real quick. I just watched you, Adam. No, but you can see my desktop, right? Yeah, now I see it. See what's going on here? Oh, yeah, that's great. Look at Watch. you guys. Hello. Yeah, there Hello. she is. Hang on, let me find. <laughs> oh, why haven't we been doing this all along? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's wrong with That's that? That's great. How are you? I miss you so much. I miss you too. So what? what is this? Excuse me, my, I, look, you don't even get a bra. You, you don't even get the bra. Oh, man. That's when very crucial. That's very. I wear a bra. With you, it's like, ah. Um, what's. Man, that makes me so happy. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she's just incredible. I mean, honestly, uh, uh, making that film, and it's no hyperbole, but it was one of the best experiences I've had making an indie film because yeah. it was so, uh, the process was as organic as the characters in the film. Like, the process of making this movie was, like, exploratory, a lot of improv, everybody was in it together. So it felt like you were workshopping, you know, the project and creating these characters together as a group, which made mm -hmm. it really exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it was made by these documentary makers, you know, it's sort of yeah. into the benefit of the film in a way, because it has a kind of very fresh feel to it, you know, like um, not conventional, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I think I tried to tell my family about the film and I was saying it, it feels like a, documentary or docudrama that organically subtly slowly becomes a thriller by the end where like by the end of the movie you're like how yeah. am i in a how am i in this movie like when you think about the last few scenes you're like it's a 180 from the beginning right you yeah know? And well, it was the yeah, power of Mario's in this woman you know in complete control of of, of her circumstances to being you know completely but in a way, desperate, you know, into this desperation. Yeah. It's very terrifying because we all feel that, you know, 
terrified of being in a situation where all of a sudden you have, you know, the bottom falls out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really, what was amazing was that that entire, like thinking about the script that we had is like that entire story was on the page. But what I love about where Mario and Kate come from, from the documentary world is that they allow for happy accidents or they allow for, they're not afraid to stray from the page to be like, let's, Oh, that's interesting. Now let's really talk about that. Like maybe we delve into that deeper. We lean into that idea or maybe we don't. Maybe we pull away from this idea of the script. So working with them was really, uh, just really fresh and exciting. It felt like being in summer camp every day. Cause it was like, you're with great people. We all get together, make dinner together, you know, talk about the scene, shoot the scenes, talk about the next day scenes over, over some drinks by the water at night. It was just like, it was a beautiful experience making that film. Mm. And we shot it in two waves too. It was it kind of the closest thing I've had to that was, remember that movie, Some Beast that I was in? Yeah. Cameron Nelson was the farmer. So like that was shot in stages with a small group of people on the farm. And it was done much in the same way. It was just like good people every day. You're just kind of growing this movie together, you know? But did you have a, a, a script? Some Beast we had, we had a script as well, but much like Mario and Kate, Cameron was from an anthropology background. And so he, he had made a lot of docs as well. And so there was this, this kind of observational quality to how he wanted to direct where he's like, you know, the scene may be one line like Frank chops wood, you know, but, but when I chop wood, we shoot that for an hour. And then we explore what happens in that scene of chopping wood. Like, do I get frustrated? Like, it, does it become something else? You know? It, it's, yeah, it's uh, part of the deleted scenes is your wood chopping scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got to tell you, Cameron and I actually have a joke about that movie. We have enough footage of me just working on the farm to, like, have another hour of footage for the film. Oh, yeah. Just, like, showing Frank working on a farm. Right. Like doing all sorts of things, you know. Yeah, I was trying to, I, I was, I couldn't remember this, the story, but now it's coming back to me a little bit. And when it went to IFP and some of those labs with the cut, they're like, you know, there's a lot of footage of Frank just, he's just really working that far. Like, but there's like nothing else, you know. Come on, come on. So, but yeah, that, that's very similar to how it was with, with, uh, with Freeland. You know, this kind of, they were not afraid to explore, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to move a little bit as we talk because he's getting really wound up. This is late afternoon. He starts getting really wild. What does he want to do? He wants to play usually. Um, and so you just got to, you got to play. Uh, or, or you got to. Oh, where, where did you escape to? The bedroom here. Oh, really? Because he's he won't leave you alone? Well, yeah, because I think he, I'm trying to trick him to it. It's like if I lie down, kind of, then he thinks, okay, now we're resting. But if I'm like sitting up or standing, talking into a computer, he gets jealous and he's like, let me. That's funny. Let me get in on this. Oh, I really wish I had an animal. It's hard because, uh, you know, and I can't. I think once I'm settled upstate, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start considering it, you know, once I know yeah. I'm settled in, you know. So then I can really getting a rescue or something like that, yeah. I love them, man. I I love animals in general, but I I I love having them having them around. Yeah, 
would be nice now to have just even a cat, just, you know, somebody curls next to you and yeah. up, or comes up from behind you and takes a swack at you. Yeah, you know, yeah. chewed on a little bit, a little nod on, and you know, and leaves a big get open gash in your aorta. <laughs> Those are the good times, the happy times. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the name of the film is called Freeland, and it's will be out at the theater near you very soon. That's right. They both seem very um, Kate and uh, uh, Mario's, right? That's they seem. It's Mario, right? Maybe I, I've always said Mario, but maybe that's more of just the, I don't know. Yeah, well, same, same difference. I'm just saying, but those guys, yeah, they seem a little bit, uh, you know, I don't know what the right term is. Maybe uh, just frustrated is the way, you know, in terms of, I think they were really ready for a certain momentum to get going, and it's, it's hard. Sure. I mean, we were all, you know, because it was such a, a small group of people and it was so much like a family and it was a lot of love there i think it hurt even more in a way that we couldn't all be together to celebrate like with the premiere and i mean mario and kate and laura and Krisha to a point have been a part of this project for so long i mean mario and kate have been trying to get this thing made in various versions for a long long time yeah uh, so i was so proud of them to finally do it but then it's like South by got bumps like where you know everybody's like where does it go now what's the next step you know so yeah i know at least that, the, the press has been helpful it's been nice yeah no it's gotten some good press you know i know it wasn't in competition but i was still saying well but don't you get as uh since it was selected for south by don't you get that laurel as a an official selection or i mean you still it still has a certain amount of prestige even if the festival physically was, you know, sure, cut short or not shot short, but just, uh, you know. I mean, I think it does. And I, and also, you know, I think the movie, it's a shame that it couldn't be seen on a big screen, especially with some of the, the sweeping vistas, some of the shots, the redwoods and things like that. But more than that, thematically, it's so prescient. And I feel like, it's the changing cannabis industry, what's happening within that industry, but also just like generational displacement uh, and ageism in a lot of ways. I mean, you have this, you know, how certain characters treat Precious character. I mean, it goes to some really interesting places, you know, yeah. thematic. I think if she was still, in, you know, I think it's a lot of it was just like her, her loss of... Uh, of her sense of, of control and power, you know, I don't know that I didn't, didn't really occur to me that age played into it per se, but although, you know, certainly from the perspective of like, cash, he likes to sometimes get under the cover. Yeah. It's, he gets underneath the sheet and then just kind of roots around. And it's Tim digging. He's digging his way through the bed, and then he yeah. he feels safe down in there. Sure. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. That's, like, what he loves to do. But he gets under the sheet, too? Huh? Gets under the sheet, or you mean the top sheet? Or under the, the top sheet. So he just gets in there and then, like, <laughs> burrows down in there. And, like, you got to be careful sometimes because if you come in. Oh, I know, I know. 
flat. You just sit right on him and, you know. Yeah. No, you can hurt him. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm so glad you saw it, man. It was a nice surprise when Laura told me you were doing this because it's, uh, it's just been great getting feedback from, from friends and people because nobody else really I know has seen it, right? Because it hasn't really, yeah. there's only a few critics, but like nobody else. No, you know, it's, uh, it's true. You have to have a lot of patience. Well, nobody really knows what's going to happen. And it's frustrating on many levels, you know, Patricia, she, she really, you know, it's like her comeback in a way, you know, and then yeah. it could be uh, very helpful to her. Um, Absolutely. You know, She's incredible. Man. So I'm hoping still that it will find its place and it will have its premiere and it will have a, people will see it. But, you know, every, I mean, the, in terms of the details of what that looks like, who, who the fuck knows? I mean, yeah, we really don't. And I mean, they, you know, I don't know what distribution is. I don't know what, you know, how, what's going to happen. And I think everybody's at such a loss and kind of trying to figure it out. Um, you know, and there was that whole deal that, that Amazon did with, um, with the, some of the South by films, which was, I think, contractually kind of a joke. And it kind of, you know, it, it was a rough deal because it was basically like we have, you know, this platform for you to show your film, but then that negates you ever getting picked up necessarily somewhere else. You opted out, right? They opted out. Yeah, it's a, yeah and so the freelance team, you know, uh, decided yeah. to go a different direction. Well, but. Almost like, yeah, no, I know. I, I was looking at, at what was up there, and I was like, this is very skeletal. Yeah, and I mean, I think it was fine for maybe some short films. You know, for people that are like, it's a short, you know, I don't really, you know, it's not as big, but I think for some of the features in particular, I just seem, it seemed like it was a really bad Move. Right, it doesn't make you know, sense if you because you're, no. you're beginning to South by that gives you an indication that you have something special, right? Yeah, that, that other films aren't special that don't get into it, but right. um, if you get into South by or like Sundance or or you know some of the other big festivals, you're feeling oh yeah. the top programmers in the country have chosen to select your film. Yeah, so why would I yeah. want to throw it up on you know like Prime and then like you say right? Then you're you you're out of options with uh, in terms of where where it goes if something other yeah it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense it's um, I don't know I mean and again some of them I know a few people that took it but again most of them were for shorts and I can see okay the lifespan yeah, for that I being remember, yeah it didn't look great I don't I don't remember I can't remember any of the titles yeah. I looked and then I just, you know, moved on. There's, I have, as it is, I have plenty to, that I need to see at any time, so I can never quite catch up, you know. Yeah. I got to tell you, too, man, being on that movie, I, uh, you learned so much. I mean, I'd never been on a, on a pot farm before, so it was such a... Oh, it was a real pot farm? It was a real... Everything was real. I mean, it's like... Cause, and some of the other people that were in there, the growers, were actual trimmers and growers who were just working. So oh. everything was real. Okay. And again, to tie into the, the, you know, documentary side of Mario and Kate, it's like, that's like, that's a real world in Humboldt County. And we're just, we're guests, you know, trying to tell a narrative within it. Yeah. I understand. Um, right. And it's, it was, it and was it, such a, it was a beautiful, I mean, it was like such a, a wild time like this. I mean, you get high just waking up. 
you know, you get up, you know, you wake up and, you know, still on your fingers from trimming the, the previous day. And like, I was trying to read as much as I could, like in the weeks leading up to the shoot, just reading about the history of Humboldt and, you know, cannabis farming and, and all that. But, uh, I, I think I was happy that Mario and Kate were going for a less sensationalized story than like that Netflix show, I think was called, there was a Netflix show, um, had a really intense title to it as well, but it's about the same area where we shot and the, okay. the same farms, but you know, it was more about the crime there and like how people were disappeared or they died and they were killed over like drug deals gonna awry and these different things oh, so really? it was a very different kind of story and a different kind of tone than freeland yeah awesome. uh, yeah but uh is this a farm though was this a legal a farm that went legal yeah so all these farms that were up there i mean they were all much like what Kreisha's character is going through in the movie. It's like, that's what a lot of these farmers were going. They're like, well, maybe it's like, it's legalized to a point, but you got to pay the permits. You got to do these things. And, um, but we were just really fortunate to have access to, to all that. But, but that farm in particular where you were embedded though, and working, right. You were kind of. So yeah, technically that was the movie magic. I think there was a few farms that they stitched together like where the house was, her house is like on a different spot. There are a lot of the actual farming scenes were. So then we try to make it feel like one farm. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to was, figure out if these, if these operational places were, if these were, were legal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they were, I think they were all kind of in that process, like what she was going through. I think, I mean, as far as I know, most of them were like, it had been legalized to a point, you know, but you know, there was a, a a prop that had been passed not too long before, which was like, you know, it had been approved for medicinal. And then it was, it was all these stages, but it was never just an outright, they're always up against the county, you know, having votes and yeah, struggling with that. Right. I but see. Uh, yeah, it was wild. It was a wild time. So how many films does that make for you? The track? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think somewhere, at least I'm thinking of IMDb, it's like there's, it's since 70s or 80s or something, I think. But Wow. But again, that goes back to films from right out of college to now, which is like just trying to, you know, but I was thinking what, I, I think in terms of like kind of bigger roles, like in a feature film, this is like, you know, one of the, special or it means it means a lot like who i got to work with you know right yeah no i know what you mean like this was pedigree for you you know and then uh that last one you did with uh where you hooked oh, me up. yeah yeah ghost goes to walks yeah yeah those two seem to be more demanding yeah and they were all and it, it's funny you bring those two up together because in a way i realized that they're also both maybe movies of late that get i get to be more uh they're more emotive yeah character they're more they're more you know i mean they i mean the guy and ghost never shuts up you know but it's yeah. like right there the for years i was always playing the guy who's like not sent you know he's very reserved you know? right yeah the quiet ponderous yeah yeah sort of yeah very true i was thinking that that it was that's why it was so interesting to see you in that other kind of role where you're 
a lot of action, a lot of activity, and a lot of, a lot of, as you said, you know, screaming basically. <laughs> a lot of screaming, howling, cackling, you know. Yeah. So did you did you see that right after we went into uh, lockdown? Uh, my first, I just my first guy I had on was uh, Zobel. He was the first guy you had on. Oh right. wow, that's awesome. That's great. Well, I emailed him like uh, never ends. Can you hear it? Yeah. So yeah, it was like I saw the hunt and um, yeah. I, I still haven't seen it. I just saw him a note. He said sure. The next day we got on and we just, you know, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, I mean, it works. Is yeah, that- I want to see it. I know Macon Blair is in it too. All right. But yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to check it out. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a number of people in there. You know, they don't usually last long. But I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. The cast. <laughs> there's very few cast members that live very that that last long into the film. Like that's a major like actors who just don't last more than a scene. You know, because the it's kind of like did you did you see Baccarat? No, it's funny because somebody. Maybe it just went on to a certain platform or something. I think it did. But I saw it online through Lincoln Film Center platform for streaming. And, you know, it's got Johnny Mars and Chris Dubeck in it. They're both Oh, no, it does? It does. But but without giving too much away, I'll just say that in a violent film, you know, much like The Hunt, you know, chances of you lasting very long are pretty slim, you know. I see, yeah. Yeah. The Hunt was pretty funny. I mean, once you you just go with it, it's 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 fucked up. I mean, you know, the premise yeah. is really fucked up. He's. It was fun talking to Craig. I had I hadn't talked to him since literally. I don't think since you know uh, way back. What was the year? Yeah. You know, I don't think I've even seen him talk to him since that South by year with you. The compliance year. Compliance, you know, it was the last time I, I interacted with him because I didn't have any, I didn't, he wasn't on for Z for Zachariah. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's it, right? That's the only other film I think he made in the middle, right? Unless I'm forgetting, I think you're right. Well, Z for Zachariah, and then I think I want to say he did, he's probably done I think he was TV, and yeah, I think he was doing TV, yeah, since then, yeah, I know, yeah, had. yeah, certainly. Yeah. I need to listen to that interview because I didn't know you did that. That's oh, cool. you can listen to it. Yeah, there's some good stuff. They're doing some good stuff. And then, uh, you know, another thing that I guess has transpired since we last talked was Lynn Shelton's death. I know. I know. It's, uh, man, that was such a, it's a lot of, it's a lot going on. That was a big one. And I, I mean, she's, what? you know. Everybody who met her and who knew her films is like, what a light she was, you know, a pioneer in indie films. I mean, I remember right out of college seeing, like, we go way back and some of her early stuff that inspired me. And I was like, man, I'd love yeah. to. Hump Day was, uh... yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's my, my ex-wife, you know, you know her. She, yeah. she, she's on a series with Duplass now. Oh really? Yeah, they they're doing the second season shortly. I guess once they're able to soon, looks like August or something. Yeah, they're they're on the morning show. Oh really? That's awesome. That's great. So, yeah, and you know, Lynn directed an episode of that. Wow. 
So while Karen was here a couple weeks ago, getting to Jacob and uh, his sister, um, you know, we got the news. I, I, and I, I told her, because she, she wasn't friends with Lynn, but, you know, they right. worked together. And um, Lynn had done, I, I mean, I don't know how many times I talked to her. She did the podcast actually just twice, but she, I also had her, I interviewed her before that for, uh, I think, Tribeca's website or something. I can't remember. Some, yeah. some, some outlet. I'm putting together another show because I spoke with uh, uh, Ben. Ben uh, Kasalka. Oh, really? Yeah, Kasalka. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen Ben in forever. Oh, yeah. I've been, our circles have, have recently been um, clashing into each other because uh, I saw yeah. him. I, I went to, uh, I was at the Woodstock Film Festival last fall. And he premiered Banana Split there. Or I, I don't mean he premiered it. I mean, he showed it there. Right. And I, my son... Well, I just don't want to see it. Yeah, my son, you know, it's about high schoolers. You know, my son's in high school, so... Yeah. I took him, you know, to see it. He loved it. He really enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's all awesome. the, he really enjoyed it. So afterwards, he, you know, he got, it was fun to introduce him to uh, Ben. And then Ben did the podcast in Woodstock. And then I had on, uh, so I, but I, we just zoomed last week and then, um, and I was a little, you know, concerned about it, Frank, because, you know, it's, he's very close to Lynn, you know, obviously I know. Shot, they shot a bunch of things together and, you know, here's me, I'm an interloper. <laughs> no, uh, I know. I'm not very sensitive around it. And I, you know, I said, look, you know, I understand if you don't want to do it, you know, and then I went to Megan Griffiths, and she agreed to do it. So I talked to Megan. And then um, I spoke to Adam Kirsch, you know, but he, he, he yeah. stopped it out. Yeah. Um, you know who else was close in that group was Calvin. Calvin Reader was really close. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. I was thinking about that. Um, I haven't spoken to him in many years, but I could approach him, I suppose. But then I, I also, Josh Leonard is coming on. Good. That's nice. So, and I was actually considering reaching out to Duplass, but you know, I mean, I, I don't think he'll respond. But you can't hurt. You never know. It's a yeah. Now that I have Josh coming on, you know, yeah, to be a reunion. Yeah, um, that's really great. You're doing that. Yeah, I think it's going to be. It's going to be a very. It's going to be a marathon because it's going to be all probably on one show. It's going to be like, you know, several hours. I'm sure. That's really beautiful, Adam. That's really cool you're doing that. That's really nice, man. Thank you. And with the Freeland, are you going to, like, have it be, like, a Freeland episode and put, like, the pieces together? Oh, no, or I'm you not recording any of this stuff. Huh? I'm not recording. Yeah, like, I, just wanted to get you, I just wanted to get you on to talk, catch up, you know. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, so as it gets closer, I could maybe bring Mario and, uh, and Kate back on. Yeah, and also and Creature, frankly, I don't know. Uh, and then I could also maybe they think maybe Lily might be available at that time. That would be great to get Lily in there. Yeah, you uh, know she and I did another movie together. Uh, do you know about this? I thought Marslet might have mentioned it to you. What? Marslet made oh. a western with me and Lily and David Arquette and. Um, Kiowa Gordon, Gary Farmer. I don't know. It was like, things, but. We, but we did this uh, big Western. It's like half animation, half live action. 
And so Lily and I got to do another movie like oh, I didn't realize a year that. later. Oh, yeah, okay. Jeff, it's Jeff's direction, Jeff's script. Yeah, no, no, I know that he. We were talking about it today, uh, coincidentally, that uh, that his feature is not. He's not finished it. I guess he's still working on it. But you know, it's he, gonna. It's pretty cool, man. I, you'll love it. It's really. It's like. It's like Waking Life or uh, Scanner Dark, like kind of rotoscoping, rotoscoping or tower. Is he doing yeah, that? kind of that scoping where like they animate over the live action and uh, sure. kind of like Tower did that. No, no, no. Yeah, um, man, it's like it's so surreal to see it in the wet. So then it like blurs from that to like paper mache animation, then to live action, then back to like comic booky. Like it changes form throughout the whole. And, like it sounds like Marslet. It's very, it's very Marslet. It's very Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. I hope uh, yeah. I, I, it's good timing. It maybe you know it's good that it's taking longer, and because maybe things will settle in at some point, you know, in next year. You know, I don't, so. I don't think it'll. Yeah, I think this whole season is, but the season that wasn't. But I was really looking Love. forward to it. You know. Me too. I mean, it really does feel like the lost year in some ways. It's like just yeah. like. You know, the only thing we can hope is that some progress in other ways comes out of this lost year for everything else. No, but we'll see. Indeed. So good to see you. Same, same. I know. Seriously, it's a nice surprise. I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, and I only apologize about. I feel much better. Trust me, this worked out for the best. Because if I, (laughs) I I would, I was, you know, irritable. Yeah. You know, I hate that. I hate that when you know that you're irritable. You know, it's like you're very aware. Yeah. You're like I'm tired. Right. I'm irritable. I just need to rest. You know, right. edged. I like. I have to lay down. Yeah. Let me just get this way. I yeah. got my pillow out. You know, and it's like, yeah. Let me just like lay my head down for a few minutes, and um, uh, man, the next thing I know, I'm like, my phone's going crazy. And <laughs> oh, it's Mosley. It's like, it's like. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I was in a fog. I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. When it, you know, it's like that thing when you accidentally fall asleep for like an hour right an hour and a half or so i don't even know right because you i i think it was it was like 10 to 7 yeah what yeah anyway i'm sorry no dude don't even worry about that doesn't typically happen don't worry about that you know better not happen next week when i talk to uh iliana well maybe duplex yeah (laughs) Well, you know, there's enough. I mean, you know, Karen, my ex, could, you know, she maybe. I, I, what would your subject line be to Duplass? Well, I would actually see if, if she could do an email intro, not just let you do, but be like, hey, this is Adam, you know. Yeah. Like, see, like, see if she could text him first and yeah, then yeah. do like an email intro to you. Yeah, well, they, I mean, it's kind of putting her in a position, you know, but. Yeah, because if I was out in LA and they were in production, we were talking about that. Like, he'll totally do it. You know, on the set, we come to the set, and you know, I mean, and frankly, if they're shooting in August, I may be going out there for a visit anyway. Uh, uh, so well, let me know when you're here. If you're here, man. All right, you're there. <laughs> yeah, let me- you should you should go to the set, and then uh, you know, I'll be your. Yeah, what's it called? You're on the ground. Uh, my courier, my uh, yeah, um, yeah. They're they're doing season two. It's got quite a cast. I mean, you know, it's grass, man. 
That's great. Show. That's great. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. And, That's great. Uh, uh, a couple of other, what's his name? Um, it's got a stellar cast. Anyway, so she's in That's the cast. Great. Yeah, it's really nice. It was really, it's weird to see her doing scenes with Duke Boss. Yeah, that's cool, though. Yeah, I still, one day, you know, because now that you saw Ghost to Walks, you know, the role we were trying to get Karen for was the the woman who tells the speech in the middle of the movie. Which one? The role in the Ghost to Walks, when you had connected me to Karen, was for the brothel oh, manager. I don't remember. She had anymore, big man. speech in the oh, middle of the movie. Where basically, you what? That was the film? That was the film, and that was the role. Oh. So she's the one who says the title of the movie, and she's like, you're a walking dead man, and she gives him the gun in her back room of the brothel. I see. Uh, so that was the role we were trying to get Karen for. Oh, I see. Because I would have – it's interesting. When I, what was the, what's the director's name again? Cody. Cody Stokes. Cody Stokes, of course. Yeah. But when I talked to Cody, I, I didn't even – you know, I wasn't thinking about that. I didn't know that that yeah. was the project. A long you know, time ago. Once she was, like, you know, not doing it, I was like – Right, but anyway, uh, I would have brought up. I would have. It would have been an interesting thing to bring up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, she's still open to things when they're right. You know, if it's the right thing, I don't. I mean, you know, I think she would. She needs yeah. to find. She needs to find uh, good indie product. Oh, you know, like projects. Uh, I think she. I don't know. She's she's doing a series with uh, called Yellowstone. Also, I've heard of that. That's yeah. great. Costner. Maybe it's Costner. Mm. And then um, she, there was this one film. She was going to do it. Then they gave it to, uh, what's her face, the South African actress. Uh, oh, boy. My brain is not working well. Ta uh, you know, in Beloved. Oh, wait, in Beloved or... Uh... South African actor. What's her name? This is terrible. I don't. I can't stand this when I. I Tandy Newton. Thank you, Tandy Newton. And, what was that? Uh, it's some. It's some story. It takes place like in Wyoming. It's weird. I don't dude, know. dude, that movie. Lily's in. Who? Gladstone. Oh, Lily's in it. Makes sense, and right? I almost, and I almost was casting to replace this other actor who didn't end up backing up. Oh, what's it called again? It's called God's Country. That's what it's called. She gave me the script. I, 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 I didn't get to read it because um, yeah. she was going to do it. Then they gave it back to Tandy Newton. Then I think maybe it went back to Karen. I'm not even sure who's doing it. Wow. It's like, That's I, crazy, man. Yeah, that would have been funny, though, if you... Uh... And then Lily's on there, too. And I didn't know Lily was on it, because all I knew was there was some movie with Tandy Newton, and then the casting director was like, hey, Frank, like, Tandy Newton's in it. If, if you may need to have you come in and replace some guy, and if so, though, you got to be ready in, like, a week. Well, it didn't end up happening. And then I find out Lily Gladstone and I are catching up. She goes, yeah, I just got back from Wyoming. Doing this movie, I was like, "Wait a second. So like everything's connected." Did they make it, or they're making it? I they didn't finish it because of the they had a. Oh well, then Aaron, then Tandy Newton is in it, right? Yeah. Oh, and then, but they didn't. But they didn't end up finish shooting it. I understand. I think they have another. Okay, but all right. So so at least I know the answer to that because yeah, for a while I yeah. think 
Tandy was originally accepted it, then she backed out, or they offered it to Karen, and then Karen right. was going to do it, and then it went back to Tandy. But she gave it to me. She goes, "What do you think?" She, you know, this this is the film, but so I I I, I was going to read it. I just didn't have yeah. a chance. I guess I must still have the script. Interesting. Yeah. And Adam, I I'm gonna have to run go get uh, oh, yeah. Josh work, but okay. um, understand. But man, dude, this was great getting to talk to you and catch <laughs> yeah. up. And I'm a bit all over the place, but it was good. And we talked about freelancing. Yeah, don't even worry about that, man. It's just great chatting. And man, I hope you have a great move, man. If you can send Thanks. me some photos. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it's gonna, it's like paradise. Um, I, it's got like a fire pit. It's across the street. The road is a this huge meadow. And the person that, that owns the place, she sent me uh, this photo the other night of a double rainbow in that met like over the arcing over the meadow and it's just it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> like, hold on a minute. Is this fake? Was this Photoshop like the meadow and the rainbow, the trees? Like hold on a minute. It's too good to be true. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's an area I grew up going near I it's right by this area where uh, my summer camp we used to hike in the the mountains there and uh, oh, I spent nice. a lot of time growing up in that area or spending my summers in that area so I'm very excited to do that, you know. Anyway, I'll let you go. Yeah. So I'll send you a yeah. link. Man, uh, yeah, man. Be well. Take care. Be safe out there. And uh, yeah, you. let's catch up again soon, man. Okay. Definitely. All right, buddy. All right. All right. Take well, care. You too. Be well. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. We're going to have plenty of uh, guests coming back on the show. Uh, too many to mention. Let's put it that way. It's uh, If you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or Stitcher or however you listen to the show, we're also now on iHeartRadio. That's a recent thing. Uh, I think you can find the show almost everywhere now. So leave us a review, however you uh, watch, or subscribe. And don't forget... The Filmwax Radio YouTube channel. It's so important. Thank you for that. Uh, take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Until next time, Adam Shartoff, Filmwax Radio. Broken lines, broken strings, broken threads, broken springs, broken idols, broken heads. with bro-